turns of loose coming into the front stretch. Tommy changed the entire throttle system last night, the night before a race. But, oh, he can't do that. But we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before. Welcome to the Stagger Podcast. I'm J.D. Smith, along with my brother Derek Smith. We are so glad to have you joining us on this journey where we explore the motorsports heroes, legends, and myths that make us love auto racing, love motorsports. So thanks again for checking this out. Usually, we like to have new episodes for you. That's how most podcasts do things. They make new episodes on a regular schedule, and then they give you the new episode, and you're like, oh, cool, this is new. Um, however, <laughs> occasionally with a podcast like this, where we're trying to gather a bunch of good info for you, make the best episodes we can, uh, we run into some snags where it just takes us a little longer to get an episode out than we wanted to. And I don't like to rush that process because I want to make sure the thing we're bringing to you is good. I can tell you this, the next podcast we're doing, we've got most of our interviews wrapped up. There's still a couple more we're chasing down, but We've got a really good episode coming for you on the Pennsylvania Posse. And if you're a sprint car fan, if you're not a sprint car fan, you're going to want to know about this. And I I truly think it's going to be one of the best episodes we've done. But it isn't done yet. So instead of rushing something to you and putting something out there that's not perfect, I thought we'd do something different this week. We'll go look back at an episode that we did almost a year ago. This episode, we initially called it The Rollback. Uh, was the idea for this episode of taking a look at back at a particular driver from days gone by. So it's going to be a little different than our normal format, but we decided to take a look at the career of Lake Speed. Definitely not the most well-known driver in the world, but I'll tell you this, uh, if you're aware of Ayrton Senna, Lake Speed and Ayrton Senna have a little history. Weird to think of, but yes, legendary F1 driver and okay NASCAR driver at Lake Speed they both uh, tangled on the track at one point. You'll find out more about that. You'll also hear from my brother Derek, who will join us on this episode, and Ori Roberts will join us, who is the commissioner of the Dick Trickle Racing League, which is a fantasy NASCAR league that I'm in and that Derek is in. Anyway, Ori joined us for this episode as well. We recorded this about a year ago. So with that all said, let's get into it. Ori, tell me what you know about Lake Speed. I know he is not Scott Speed's dad. <laughs> That's right. What? He's not. I thought I was going to say he's Scott Speed's dad. He's not. That's he's not. That's, that's correct. Are we sure? We're sure. He's Where's not, the test? He's not. <laughs> well, I didn't get a DNA sample. I they don't know. They both didn't. I mean, he, I guess he had a long career in NASCAR, but they both didn't have a successful career in NASCAR. You could uh, say no. They did not. Um, well, what? I, he and did. they're both last names Speed, and they're white. I mean, come on. It yeah, could be right. I mean, possible. Don't say the last no. name of Speed is pretty cool. I, I acknowledge that completely. But um, no, that is not any. So, anything else about Lake Speed that you know, Ori? Uh, not much. I, you know, he was he was winding down his his career as I was coming into you know NASCAR and being a fan as a young kid and stuff. Um, I I know he wasn't real successful. I've heard some interviews uh, from him that, you know, he's a real man of faith. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that. Yep. And uh, one career win, if I remember right, from my uh, racing reference uh, background and running through all the old drivers and everything. Yeah, you actually got those. That's very that's very true. Those are right. We'll cover those in a, in a little bit. Uh, I Derek, just know that know he drove him? the spam car and was the Cartoon <laughs> Network Red 9. That was my... Those yeah. are 
Those are those true. are the two things because I'm like I got to because I Davy Allison was my driver. I was going to ride the wave up into the 2000s with him, and obviously he passed away un- unfortunately. So I had to find me a new driver, and I thought, why not get the Cartoon Network car? Yeah, uh, as it came out and the well, spam car before that. So Lake Speed has a connection to to Davy Allison. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, all right. So if if most of our listeners, I assume, maybe probably don't know a ton about Lake Speed, that's okay. Uh, I was looking for someone to start off the rollback with a guy that dinner with racers has not done something on like just so we have something a little bit different because the dinner with racers guys always talk to all these great drivers and they give you the best stories and all that stuff so i was thinking who can we talk about that they haven't done one on i don't think they've done one on lake speed but maybe after this podcast they will uh all right so let's dive into it lake speed full name lake chambers speed which i think is a Tremendous middle name. Oh, the Lake Chambers, you don't say. He is a son of Leland Speed. Uh, Lake's grandmother was named Nebraska. I don't ask me how I found that out, but she was. So there was there was at one point Grandma Nebraska, I'm hoping is what they called her or Nebby. Maybe Nebby, maybe Grandma Nebby. I don't know. But there was a woman once named Nebraska Speed. Unfortunately, I mean, when she was alive, speed was a relatively different term than what it is now because, like, cars were just coming online. So it wasn't, you know, I don't know if Nebraska Speed sounds as cool back then as it does now, but that was Lake Speed's grandmother. That sounds like a cool horse that would win the Derby. No? Oh, yeah, Nebraska Nebraska Speed. Speed. Would you not put 100 down on that at 20 to 1 odds? I would. I definitely would do that. Um, So Lake was named after his dad's best friend, Bob Lake. Uh, Leland Speed, his dad, was also the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, where he was born. So now you have a little idea of Lake Speed, where he comes from, all that stuff. So the first thing you need to know about Lake Speed when it comes to his racing career is that he was huge in go-karts. Like, a lot of racers nowadays get their start doing, like, quarter midgets or dirt carts or go-karts of some kind, and then they are instantly moving up to, like, Bandoleros or some other division, and then by 13, they're driving, like, a stock car. That that was not Lake Speed. He was just a cart guy, but he didn't actually start until the age of 13. Uh, The way he tells it, he was sitting in his house on Christmas morning, heard a kid down the street with a go-kart that came roaring by their house while he was sitting by the Christmas tree. He went outside. All the neighborhood kids were running around. They were looking at it. He wanted to get one. Uh, So from the age of three to 12, he was apparently like on horses. His parents had horses and that was what he did. Uh, But he didn't like horses because you would tell them to go one way and they wouldn't always do it. So he said he liked the idea that go-karts had no brain and you could just point them in a direction and they did what you told them. And if you screwed up, it was your fault, not the not the go-kart's fault. So he kind of liked that. Uh, how, unfortunately, his parents did not like the idea of him buying a go-kart, so they didn't buy him one. And in fact, the way he got it was by working for his uncle. He made some money, and he bought his first go-kart. Um, his older brother started taking him around the South to compete when he was 15. He ended up going through high school and college and still did go-karts and became pretty good at it. He started working on go-karts to support his hobby. He would That's how he would get money to buy new parts and buy new go-karts. He eventually got so good at this, he eventually opened a mail-order parts business and advertised it by going to the racetrack. So he had a little business going by the time he got to high school and funded that through college. Um, he was so good at go-kart racing, he decided to go full-time. Uh, and so in 1971, at the age of 23 years old, 
Lake Speed won his first American Karting Championship. Uh, when he won that, he was invited to go to Hong Kong for an international kart race. So I just imagine this kid from Jackson, Mississippi, who rode horses and kind of like go-karts. He got so good at it, he now ends up at 23 years old going to Hong Kong to race a bunch of international guys. Um, I think that would be... That's a pretty wild experience, right? For someone 23 years old in the 70s, we go into Hong Kong to race go-karts. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that you just... What time is that in the 80s, you said? 71. 71. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine the flight? This is where my brain takes me, and this is why maybe this show works is because you think differently than me. But I'm like, 1971, a trans world flight or a trans Pacific <laughs> right. how flight. Fl- how far I mean, of a flight that is? Yeah. And, and are, are those propeller planes that have to stop in like, you know, every island on Hawaii to make sure they got enough fuel to then like, barely make it to like whatever the next set of islands are that MacArthur and all the W W2 guys, you know, storm and stuff. I don't know. Like how does he, I think they had jet engines by then, okay. but your point, your yeah, point is still, well taken. That yeah. It was not like the easy, it wasn't like a first class with, you know, video monitors and everything. It was yeah. every, every older person that's lived through the set. Like our dad, if he's listening to this right now and people his age are like, Oh my gosh, the seventies was not prehistoric age. It yeah. was the seventies, not. I guess not what I, I guess what I took away from this too is that, like when you think of like Ori, you said at Lake Speed, you just kind of knew of him as like a guy who was around. He was kind of winding down his career when you were starting watching, but like most people, you would think, wow, you got to NASCAR. That's like the pinnacle of your career. When he was twenty three years old, he was being flown around the world to race go karts. You know what I mean? Like it's a little different than most guys in NASCAR, where like that's the big show for them. But he was kind of already in this other world that was really big. I, I think that's pretty unique when you look at all the other backgrounds in NASCAR. I don't think you have a lot of guys that were doing that. Well, it's cool to hear, you know, like the Earnhardt's and the Yarboroughs and the guys like that, you know, they kind of, they made their way on the dirt tracks and, and, you know, late models and super stock stuff like that. And it's, it's cool to hear somebody, you know, come from the quote unquote car or open, open wheel world. And, uh, if I remember right here in, uh, about Lake Speed, he had a he had many windows that were, uh, you know, open to him and kind of chose the the NASCAR world. So yeah, it's cool cool to see that. Yeah, he did. Um, so this this 1971 was the first year where he got to go to the international circuit of racing, and he he liked it. He saw European go karts there, and he won that race in Hong Kong with like a cart that was given to him just for that race. And he loved it. So he came back to the U S and he started working deals to try to get more European stuff in America. Cause he thought it was superior to what the carts they were running here. Uh, that led to in 1973, he decided to go to Belgium to go after the world karting championship and promptly got his ass handed to him by the European carts that he really liked. Um, but he decided, okay, I don't know how to work on these European carts. I don't understand them. So he went back home and decided, we're going to figure this out. And he, he struck a deal with an Italian engine maker who competed with Lake Speed's karting business because he had this full-fledged karting business going by this time. Uh, he made Lake Speed an offer. He said, if you will run my Italian equipment full-time and put your business aside and just promote my stuff, I will make sure that you get all the good stuff you need and the proper equipment and all that. So that got him to shut down his karting business for a little while 
That partnership eventually fizzled, but it worked out that he got a different deal with another Italian karting manufacturer where they would travel. They would send him to Europe monthly and he would race every month in Europe over the summer. Uh, he would go to the factory for like a week and learn how they made these go kart. I mean, he was this guy was heavy into go kart, like design, factory stuff, racing in Europe. I mean, for a kid from Mississippi, I still think that's such a, a weird thing that he worked out. And by the way, parents not in favor of any of this. I still want to point that out. This is not like the kids you see now where dad is like dressed in his kid's T-shirt at the track. This is just some dude from the South and his brother kind of going around and making it happen. Um, so in 1978, I'll read you Lake Speed's words. Uh, this is how he won the world championship of karting in 1978. Uh, he said, when all the elimination races were over, we were sitting on the grid third. There's one race for this championship. After you do all the qualifying, you get to this final race. He said, we'd never seen a Bridgestone racing tire until we got over there. All we had were these old industry tires. He said, I'm sitting on the go-kart waiting to be pushed off. The top Italian driver who had already crashed out came walking up to me. He's got four wheels and tires and says, put these on your cart. Turns out they were special tires only the factory connected teams got. So they dropped the flag. The first turn, I got knocked off the track. But by the end of the race, I was up to third, closing in on the leaders. Two of them got together. One of them started to have a flat tire. They tangled up, and I went by both of them to win the race. He said, I was the oldest guy to win the world championships, too. And I think the wisest, you can win the race if you don't. You can't win the race if you don't finish the race. A lot of young hot rods hadn't figured that out. You don't have to win every corner. You just have to win the race. Um, so he won this race and became the only American to ever win a world karting championship up until uh, it was 2015, Logan Sargent won a world karting championship. But, pr after, but prior to that kid, this was the only guy who had ever done it for as an American. So Lake Speed, by the way, in 1979, was racing in the world karting championships against Ayrton Senna. And there's what? a... Yes, he raced Ayrton Senna <laughs> and they... They went back and forth often like they what I'm huh. saying is that if you had obviously Ayrton Senna has long since passed and may he rest in peace. But if you talk to perhaps the greatest driver in the world ever, Ayrton Senna is in that conversation. If you asked him in the mid 90s or early 90s, who's like speed? He would say, oh, yes, the guy that I used to race in go karts like he would definitely know Lake speed. They were featured on magazine covers like duking it out in the, you know, like both of them positioned side by side. Like it's amazing. Like Lake Is speed it? and Ayrton Senna at one yeah. point they're there. Now Ayrton Senna was like 18, 19 years old. Lake speed by this point is nearing 30, but their paths were definitely linked. Is it possible that Ayrton Senna may not have known who Ned Jarrett or Buddy Baker, or even maybe Dale Hernart senior entirely possible. He didn't know who those guys were, but he knew who Lake speed was. That's insane. <laughs> right. That his, his touchstone for NASCAR was Lake speed. It's like, who's this Richard Petty you speak of? I'd like to talk to NASCAR legend Lake speed. If you don't mind, that's you my know, of, the, of the spam fame, of the, the cartoon network. Fame. <laughs> well, he didn't have that that's, yet. He wasn't at spam <laughs> level yet. Let's well, he was well, at Purex or whatever that sponsorship was. By the way, Ori, our good friend, Drew, who lives in North Carolina, does Drew go to the GoPro Motorplex in uh, yes, Mooresville? That is, that, that is his home track. And, uh, we're actually trying to get down there, you know, whether we go to Martinsville or Roval and we go and uh, shack up at Drew's house, we're going to go there and we're going to we're gonna do some go-karting whenever that happens. Well, here's yeah. here's an interesting little tidbit about that 
if you if anybody for any of our listeners who ever go to the GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina, it's this huge karting place uh, where they have competitive go karting that you can just hop in one and drive it around. That track is an exact replica of the Kart Dromo Parma go kart track in Italy, where Lake Speed won this championship. So if you ever go there and you turn a lap there, you will be turning the exact same maneuvers that Lake Speed had to to win his race. So now I have done that and I have finished second at a race there. Well, there you go. Yeah, you're no Lake Speed because two cars in the race first. It it was uh, it was uh, it was uh, like we did like a Wednesday to Wednesday vacation at the beach. So we were coming back through and it was like I think it was like Wednesday we were leaving or whatever. And I said, hey, let's stop over here. Me and a truck driver. <laughs> so I lost to a professional driver. Hey, there you go. But, That's right. I mean, his, his, his I, rig. And, and I was like sitting there wheels. going like, because I mean, it's intense. Have you guys ever raced a cart at like 60 miles an hour? I oh, mean, your I, ribs hurt. Your neck hurts. Like you got to wear like all the protective vests. And stuff. I mean, it's it's intense. And you're sitting there and he wiggles and I wiggle. And I'm sitting here going like, you know what? We got a 10 hour drive home or six hour, eight hour drive home, whatever it is from Charlotte. I don't want to have this problem of like breaking my wrist or sure. doing something worse and like having to go back home with the wrist that's pointed, you know, that way. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so it, it is a lot of fun though. It's it's crazy fast. So I am my votes for the Roval. Let's let's go there and let's go. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Uh, I love do a that. Dick Trickle Racing race. Well, for sure. But if you ever want to, uh, like, maybe if you're listening to this podcast, maybe it'll inspire you to go to the GoPro Motorplex and you can pay a little homage to Lake Speed when you're there. He's still alive, yeah. by the way. He's not dead. He's 72 years yeah. old. So, well, and uh, also too, Justin Marks, who's now a NASCAR Cup owner, owns the track. If you go on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, a lot of drivers like Michael McDowell goes out there still. A lot of Xfinity guys. So I saw on the board. Um, because they have like a, a the week's top running list of the board uh, when you go there. And on a Wednesday, there was like six drivers that I recognized their names from Trucks or Xfinity or ARCA. So like all these young drivers, like I've seen Haley Deegan post that she goes out there and does some work. So like there's you you may hop in on a 10 a.m. Tuesday session. And next thing you know, you're you're looking behind you and you've got a truck driver that's behind you. Yeah, it'll be quickly in front of you. We'll take a break. More on Lake Speed coming up next right here on Stagger. All right, so let's go back to Lake Speed. So he was trying to figure out what to do, and Ori, you had this right. He had offers to go to the open wheel world. He apparently had IMSA offers. Uh, he had, you know, all these different, uh, I guess there was Formula One opportunities, but it, they weren't very good. Uh, he had some open wheel in the U.S. as well. But he talked to Humpy Wheeler, legendary NASCAR promoter, who convinced him to give NASCAR a try. So he bought his first stock car off a guy in Chicago, and it turned out that wasn't a great idea. That car sucked. Uh, but he did get his own team up and running in 1981. He just missed the field for the Daytona 500. But they used to have a 30-lap consolation race for all the cars that didn't make the 500. And he won that. So that was kind of one of his first victories that he got. It didn't really count for anything, but gave him some confidence in the stock car. Uh, he also ran top 10 at Martinsville, Bristol, and Rockingham in his first year, despite not running a full-time schedule. Uh, 82 was his first full-time season. His best finish was six in the Southern 500. He was very good at Darlington, as you will come to find out throughout this. Um, 83, though, is the year that was a major year for Lake Speed in his life. So he was leading at Talladega late in the race. He ended up losing to Richard Petty and Benny Parsons. No shame in that. But he was third at Talladega, 
And after that, he felt like he was very empty, he said. He had just been going through a divorce. Uh, he talked later about how he had everything going for him in life. He'd won this world karting championship. He'd done everything he wanted to. His business was successful. He was racing in NASCAR, leading these big races, racing with Richard Petty. And he said he'd go home to his apartment. He's just like, there's no one to share this with. I have no one that cares about me. I don't like anything about my life. So he ended up becoming a born-again Christian. And uh, that was a major deal in his life, as you pointed out, Ori, uh, and became a very devout uh, person because of that experience in 83, where he realized he didn't have much going on in his life and wanted to do that. So uh, that became a major turning point for him. Uh, in 1985, he was racing for other people by this point. He was racing for Raymock Racing, um, and he raced a full schedule. Started off with a second place finish to Bill Elliott in the Daytona 500. So that was pretty good. Uh, he followed up with uh, 10th place at Richmond, 4th at Rockingham. He had the points lead early on in the 85 season. He had engine problems at Atlanta, but then scored some string of strong, strong runs, 7th at Bristol, 9th at Darlington, 9th at North Wilsboro, 8th at Martinsville, 10th at Talladega. The point I'm trying to get across here is in 1985, Lake Speed was a factor in NASCAR. Like if you were watching NASCAR, you would have to talk about Lake Speed as a contender. Uh, he then so finished. He, he wasn't so he wasn't like a Trevor Bain leading the <clears throat> leading the points after Daytona, right? I no, mean, no. This, this like was legit. a guy. He was yeah. he was in these races, finishing strong top ten, nice. uh, good runs. He had a sixth in the World Six Hundred. Um, eventually, though, he did have a couple of uh, problems throughout the year with some bad equipment, some engines failing him, things like that. But still, ended up with a top uh, a tenth place finish in the points. So. Mm. That's a pretty good year. I mean, obviously, you finish 10th place nowadays with the playoff system. That's a huge deal if you finish top 10 in points. So uh, would have been a, a definite interesting thing to see what would have happened if he had the playoff system at his behest. Um, 1987, he started off on his own again. He actually had a team sponsorship with Wins Car Care Products, this purple car. Uh, it also had a Kmart sponsorship on it and Delco Battery. And he ran the Oldsmobiles. Do you guys remember the Oldsmobiles? Yep. Back in the 80s, I think oh, those yeah. cars were gorgeous. And I can't believe I'm saying that about an Oldsmobile. But, uh, Ori, what do you remember the Oldsmobile cars from what you've seen of them? I know those weren't in your wheelhouse when you were watching. Yeah, they were they were beautiful cars. Like you said, I can't believe we're, we're talking about an Oldsmobile like that. Um, outside of that, I don't, I don't remember a ton about them. Um, I know there were some bigger names that ran them. Um, but, you know, still out of my wheelhouse a little bit as, as a fan. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. That's okay. The uh, We're going to tweet out a few pictures of Lake Speed's uh, liveries, shall we say? We'll use the European term, uh, different paint schemes he had. Uh, but I will definitely find a few pictures of those Oldsmobile cars and put them out on the uh, Stagger I'm gonna, podcast. I'm going to put something out here in the chat here in just a second. I found a sweet Lake Speed Kmart car picture. It reminded me so much of, of the old days when cars had just really unique paint schemes. So it should be coming in the chat now. Um really unique paint schemes and you could tell them apart from a mile away and you can kind of do that now today, but it, it, it's almost like, I mean, you have to imagine someone spray painted that they designed that they, maybe Oh yeah. Yeah. Painted parts the of the paints it. that they and, did were. Awesome. Yeah. And it's just like a purple car with the winds logo, got the Kmart on the rear spoiler and look at all those lovely stickers of like 40 different. Oh, partners. the contingency sponsors on <laughs> the front were always yeah. great. Yeah, all the little tire sponsors and wheel sponsors and shock sponsors. I know those are awesome. Um, now, Lake Speed in 87, he only ran 13 races that year, but he had four top 10s. So again, still competitive and he was building this team. 
Uh, also, the number he ran, by the way, if, in this time period was 83. And that, of course, is a reference to the year where he gave his life to Jesus Christ. So, I mean, this is this was very in, important for this guy. It was a huge part of his life and still is. Uh, but I, you know, how many guys can you say that the number they had on their car was because of a decision they made about their their religion? That's a fairly interesting factoid, I thought. Yeah. So March 27, 1988, Lake Speed won the Trans South 500 at Darlington. Now, that was the spring race. That's not the Southern 500. Uh, but he led 178 of 367 laps. He beat Alan Kowicki by over a straightaway. And this was during the tire wars, Ori, which I know we've talked a little bit about. Uh, where Lake Speed was running Hoosier tires. Many of the other guys were running Goodyear because they didn't think the Hoosiers would last the amount of time you would need them to before you'd have to pit. Uh, but he took a gamble on it, paid off, and he won the race on Hoosier tires. But that is his only race he won. So I ask you, Ori, does that... It's not a rain win, but when you win it with different tires, because that was a little quirk that was going on back then, have I convinced you that this probably wasn't like a just a one-off, even though it was his only win, he was a very competitive driver at this time, and this was probably a well-deserved win. Or would we count that more along with the lines of it being a tire thing? And maybe that's the weirdness. No, you have convinced me it's more than the uh, the Trevor Bain win reference earlier, uh, Daytona 500 champion Trevor Bain. Um, but no, I mean, he sounds legit, you know, running, running top 10 in points, you know, running second to Bill Elliott at the 500, and and uh, yeah, I know you and I have talked about it a lot. A lot. I love a good tire war, though uh, very dangerous. Um, I'm I'm all for a tire war. I'd love to see Hoosier come back into the sport, but I don't think that'll ever happen again. Um, but no, Lake Speed sounds like a a real deal, and I'm sure if there were a playoff uh, format back in the '80s, uh, he would have been making some noise in it. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you just, re- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. Sorry. Before we move off the number 83 Lake speed car, may I just put out, may I, may I present to the, to the, to the, uh, to the audience that, uh, Scott speeds number was 83. Uh. <laughs> wait, that was Brian Vickers. Never mind. Oh Never man. Mind. It was, was so close. Vickers. Never mind. It's, it, Scott speed was 82. In the it was 82. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I got that's very Vickers close though. Reason why you might think that Scott speed were Lake speed son. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, be very close. Because right. maybe he was born in 82. Uh, I mean, that's why you need to find Jesus. <laughs> but it's still, you know, until until Maury settles this, it's it's not it's not uh, it's not over. You know what's sad? I mean, I'm like I looked up Scott Speed's dad's name and it's not Lake Speed, but I don't know that they're not related, I guess, technically. I haven't like done a DNA test. I just I, they're well, they're not father son as far as I'm what's aware. Gonna, What's going to be funny is that Scott Speed's like, I think he's still suspended from iRacing for like wrecking people. <laughs> so he's probably got nothing better to do. He's Maybe probably he going to find this. He's, he's going to like Google search speed on on Twitter or whatever. And next thing you know, you're going to have like, <laughs> you're going to have him tweeting us up going, hey. Yeah, that's not my dad. But yeah. Um, I don't know. All right. I'm going to run through the rest of this real quick because uh, we don't want to make this too long on Lake Speed. Yep. But here's what we got. 89, he had a big wreck with Greg Sachs. That led to him missing multiple races. And really, after the 88 season, it was all kind of hit and miss for Lake Speed the rest of his career. So 90, he ran a handful of races on his own. 91, I threw this in just for you, Ori. He replaced Dick Trickle in Cale Yarborough's entry and ran about 20 races. But he he was Dick Trickle's replacement in that car. Um, he didn't really do well. He had mechanical issues that led to a best finish of 11th that year. 92, he only ran a handful of races with his own team. 
Then that led to a very interesting stretch of his career. 93, uh, Lake Speed was called to drive for Robert Yates Racing following Davey Allison's death. Um, so he actually drove that car for a couple of races. He qualified fourth at Watkins Glen. He had a second-place qualification at Michigan and a seventh-place finish. The next race at Bristol, he was running strong, but then had a late-race contact with Rick Mast, and that ruined his chances at a top-ten finish. After that race, he got replaced by Ernie Irvin, which, as we know, that ended up being a pretty good partnership there with Robert Yates. Um, after that, a week later, September 3rd, it was announced that Lake Speed would drive the number 15 Ford owned by Bud Moore in 1994. He would be replacing Jeff Bodine, who was driving that car, because Jeff Bodine had bought Alan Kowicki's team after Alan Kowicki passed away. And so they needed a new driver for the 94 season after Alan Kowicki, or sorry, Jeff Bodine was going to move over and and run that team. However, Ford decided, let's go ahead and let Jeff Bodine take over the Alan Kowicki car earlier than we anticipated. Let's let him finish out the rest of the 93 season in that car. And so Lake Speed moved over to the Budmore 15 car and drove that for the rest of 93 and then ran uh, 94 as year as uh, the 94 year as well in that car. After that, he moved to the Melling organization, which, you know, Melling, that Melling team was part of what Bill Elliott's team was, right? That was Melling Coors was the sponsorship there. Um, that was a number nine car. That was the famous spam car that you're talking about, Derek. That was, it was in 1994 where he got into that car and he had a pretty big moment in that car too. Um, it's probably his most infamous moment and it sadly didn't happen on the track. It was after the Miller Genuine Draft 400. Michael Waltrip blocked Lake Speed's car in the pits. Do you guys remember seeing video of this? Have you ever seen video of it? I have not, no. <laughs> Michael Waltrip got angry with Lake Speed for blocking him on the track, he felt. So he walked over to Lake Speed's car, pulled down his window net, and began punching him. <laughs> and Lake Speed, of course, was wearing his helmet. The incident was broadcast on CBS and resulted in a $10,000 <laughs> fine for Michael Waltrip, which back in the day, that's a pretty significant fine for NASCAR. So uh, yeah. There you go. Lake Speed got old Mikey Walter brought up and, and actually got his got got an attempted ass beating. I don't think it worked out that way. I, I won't even try to say it's hard to to picture Michael Walter in swearing, cussing, punch him out mode. That, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's very sure. odd to think like that. But he, he's a big boy, though, I man. I, that'd be I'd be pretty terrified if Michael Walter in his prime was coming towards me. No, yeah, like I, I'd want no part of that. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I want no part of that. So. I mean, his uh, wife's wife at the time was named Buffy. I mean, there could be. They, like, really? I feel like he totally missed his calling. He could have been a menacing black hat driver, but he yeah, said he be became a like, jovial guy that was yeah. like, "Oh shucks, almost died at Bristol." Well, <laughs> drink some country time. <laughs> I mean, I still can't that wreck that and Mike <laughs> Harmon's wreck. I, those are the two worst I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, Ori, any thoughts on uh on vicious Michael Waltrip before we uh, wrap well, this I, thing I, up? I've seen that video of Mikey uh, unloading on somebody, and today I learned that somebody was Lake Speed. So uh, thanks for thanks for that, and that you learn something new every day. So uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Um, final thoughts here. Real, I'll give you a couple last things here. Lake Speed in '97, they were supposed to have. Oh no! Let me do one more thing. '96, he stunned everyone in qualifying for the Brickyard 400 in Indianapolis. He had a third place qualifying effort. He made a three-wide pass to take the lead during that race. Uh, unfortunately, it saw him finishing 13th after leading two laps. But he did lead the Brickyard 400 and qualified top three. So he had one kind of final big run there in 96 at a, at a big-time race. 
Uh, he ended up having 97. Nebraska University was going to sponsor his car, but then that fell through. Uh, that found led- out his grandma... There was a copyright claim with his grandma. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They it. wanted to go back to Nebraska speed. Of course, they, it all they ties couldn't. together. It, they couldn't there's do something it. in the will. They didn't yeah. let it happen. <laughs> so 1998 was his final Winston Cup season. He secured sponsorship from the Cartoon Network. Um, and that was uh, the car you probably know him from. You yeah. might know this too. Uh, a guy by the name of Dale Earnhardt won the, uh, won the Daytona 500 that year. Um, there was a late race caution where Lake Speed and John Andretti got together with two laps to go, brought out the yellow flag, and who crossed the finish line? Dale Earnhardt. So if you like to see Dale Sr. win the Daytona 500, you can thank Lake Speed in part for helping that happen because he had a wreck in that race that probably got things going there. So, Dale, yeah. That's right. Come on. That's right. Uh, (laughs) And finally, uh, real quick, the way his career ended, he had a wreck at – Sears Point, uh, now Infineon, or what are we calling that Sonoma. now? Sonoma. We're calling yeah, it Sonoma. Right, yeah, okay. So anyway, he had a wreck there. It broke his sternum. He missed one race, came back, got into another wreck, re-aggravated the injury. After that, he decided to tell the team, you probably just need to find a different driver. I think I'm done. So they replaced him with Jerry Nadeau in that Cartoon Network car, and then that was it. That was the last of uh, Lake Speed. Wrapping it up with him, 2006, International Kart Federation established the Lake Speed Achievement of Excellence Karting Award in honor of him. And in 2008, he won another national karting championship in the U.S. at the age of 59. So, uh, And he still races karts to this day. He is 72 years old. He's a commercial real estate broker, and he is a racing right. legend. In, in We need to in figure out how much form. it's going to cost to get a Stagger podcast sticker on his cart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Our know if first he gets a sticker. Partner right. driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. So your final thoughts, Ori, I'll leave it to you first. What do you think of Lake Speed? What now that you know a little bit more about the man? Uh, I know more about him now. He sounds like uh, you know, maybe if he would have had a couple opportunities maybe earlier in his career, maybe he would have, you know, been more of a factor in wins. You know, it sounds like he had some top fifteen, top tens. Um, but something I always like to think about is man, you know. Um, Humpy Wheeler getting to him and turning him, you know, to a stock car driver is what if he would have went, you know, the IndyCar route and, you know, may, we might be talking about Indy 500 champion Lake Speed. Yeah, could very well could have done that. Who knows? Uh, and certainly a guy named Speed in IndyCar that clearly would have had written a lot of its own storylines there. Derek, final thoughts for you on uh, Lake Speed as we wrap up the first episode of Rollback. I just remember uh you saying earlier on the episode f1 right he had an f1 opportunity potentially yeah back in the 70s i mean that would have been crazy that you know uh i mean i'm trying to think of what other american drivers have had that opportunity alexander rossi driven for marussia um i think there's been some reserve driver situations before scott speed w- scott speed yeah was a, he was a formula see? driver yeah see she was yeah it it <laughs> runs in the family it has to <laughs> it has to. I mean, they're too similar. Now, okay. Too now, similar. if you if, okay, we're gonna go to. The, I know we gotta wrap this up. But if we go to the cart track and we see Lake Speed drinking a Red Bull, it's settled. I, that's right. Yeah. By the way, this episode brought to you by Twenty Three and Me, where you can go get your DNA test in case your dad maybe likes Speed. <laughs> 
Not really. I wish it was. Maybe someday. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to a replay of one of our older episodes. We'll be back with the Pennsylvania Posse episode coming up next time right here on Stagger.